Welcome to Get Yourself Back, a podcast designed especially for those recovering from narcissists. Here, I teach you how to heal, how to feel lasting peace, lead with love, and create the life you want, no matter what you've been through or who is in your life. Hi, I'm Laura, by the way, and I'm the coach for people dealing with narcissists who have lost themselves trying to survive. It's time to get yourself back. Let's go. Hi, hello, hey folks. I hope you are having a great week. We are getting close to Halloween 2020. I don't know how that's going to go with the virus, but here we are. I hope you're enjoying the entry into the holiday season, even if that means things will be a little different. We've got a new review, so I want to shout that out really quick. Thank you, KJoys, for posting your review. It says, I appreciate how Lara emphasizes personal responsibility and how we have more power than we usually realize. Thank you for helping me learn how to take a look at my own thoughts. You are welcome, friend. Yes, taking responsibility is about realizing how powerful you actually are. Because narcissists rely on you to feel powerless. And so the more power that you can really see that you have, the closer to healing that you're getting. In fact, so the narcissist wants you to believe that it's either your fault or it's not, right? They've got to assign blame somewhere, which is sometimes what gets in the way of taking ownership of your thoughts because you feel like it's all your fault and that the narcissist doesn't have any accountability and it's all on you. And that's super, super painful and super, super heavy, right? But taking ownership of your thoughts and feelings and emotions right, is so much more powerful. And that sense of fault, that sense of assigning blame is a tool of the narcissist. And blame is just not based on reality. It really isn't. So thank you so much for posting your review. And if you are listening and you want to leave a review, this helps others find the podcast. And of course, I'd love to shout it out if you leave one. All right. So let's dive into today's topic, which is actually a question that I get a lot from my clients. Am I the narcissist? (laughs) I love this question. It's, It's so amazing because two things are happening here. Okay, number one, people are starting to see where they are exhibiting narcissist behaviors towards others, which is a big deal, okay? And they're asking themselves different questions so that they can change and be better. These are amazing things. When you find yourself asking if you are the narcissist, it's not a terrible thing. It's actually a really good indication. In fact, here's the truth. Okay. So with full blown NPD, narcissist personality disorder, if you're asking yourself this question, you already have your answer. It's no, of course not. You are not the narcissist because actual narcissists lack the self-awareness to be able to see how they might be narcissists. They never think anything is wrong with them. They don't feel the need to ever look inward and ask if they need to change, right? This is what makes them a narcissist. Everything else is just narcissist tendencies that can cover a wide spectrum, okay? Okay, so you might be asking yourself, but how does this explain how I'm trying to control everyone's emotions around me? How how does it explain why I sometimes try to make others feel guilty when I don't, I'm not getting what I want. 
because sometimes that'll happen, even if you're not a narcissist. So I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you by introducing a new concept I created called the narc brain. (laughs) I think we've talked about before how narcissism can be very cyclical. It can be generational, passing from parent to child and so forth. Sometimes it even infiltrates entire cultures. This is because if narcissism in the parent is severe enough, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be full-blown NPD itself, it can be bipolar disorder, it could be alcoholism or addiction, right? Parents who are addicted to drugs, um, borderline personality disorder, things like that, whatever the diagnosis, if it is severe enough, the child adapts to survive the narcissist by becoming the narcissist themselves, right? And this is how a new generation of narcissism is born. And remember, narcissism is at its root, a lack of unconditional love. It's someone teaching a child that they of themselves are not worthy of love. Only what they say or do will get them love. And love equals survival for a child. And lack of love, according to our primitive brains as we've evolved, right, means abandonment and death. And narcissists do not understand unconditional love, even for themselves, so they aren't capable of giving unconditional love. So sometimes you'll have uh, two different reactions to narcissist parents, right? It's not necessarily true that a narcissist creates more narcissists. Some will adapt by becoming narcissists to other people, but others will adapt by becoming the narcissist only to themselves, all right? So these people... It's these people who are actually really kind, loving people towards others. They don't try to manipulate and control everyone all the time. They aren't malicious. They aren't, they, they, they are giving and, and they're trying to learn and always working on themselves. They're super hyper self-aware. They're almost over empathetic a lot of the times, right? It's these people who are my people pleasers, right? My overachievers, my underachievers, my silently suffering friends who struggle with constant anxiety and depression and never good enough, right? They aren't narcissists outwardly, but the truth is, is that their inner world is full of what they experienced as children, right? They are constantly criticizing themselves. They are constantly blaming themselves or hating themselves, trying to manage other people's emotions so that they can feel better. They are in constant state of worry about who they've hurt or offended, and they're never standing up for themselves. They never give themselves a voice. They tolerate all kinds of abuse from others, and they don't see a way out. These people never feel good enough. They need constant validation from others, or they are just full of emptiness. Because these people, they're my people, right? They're who I was. And they're not narcissists, but in order to survive their upbringing, they have become the narcissist to themselves. And this is what this is what they developed. And that's what I call the narc brain, trademark pending. <laughs> the narc brain is, this is what my people have developed to survive the constant pain, the constant lack of unconditional love, the criticism, the manipulation tactics, okay? So imagine for me this picture. A normal healthy brain is submerged in narcissist juice long enough, right? It becomes pickled. Your thought processes 
change. Your self-belief changes. Your habits of thinking change. As children, we don't have the tools to be able to process the intense emotion. And so in order to survive the deep pain we feel, we adapt using the only tools in front of us. Blaming others, feeling better at all costs, manipulating our surroundings, what have you. That's all we have, and so that's what we use. And our brains are designed to adapt using the tools in front of us. It's actually a really beautiful thing. So let's let's give an example. Let's say you have narcissist parents, and it's likely because you have narcissist parents that they held you responsible for their emotions. So what this looks like is you're making mommy sad, or if you don't do X, Y, Z, you're going to make dad really mad. Or I'm so lonely because you're out hanging out with your friends all the time, right? When you're told these things as a child over and over and over, you don't know another way. You begin to believe that it is your fault, that people around you feel certain emotions, that you cause others to feel things. And you notice that when mom and dad are angry or sad or lonely, you start to feel things in your body too, like guilt over empathy and shame because you blame yourself because they're blaming you, right? For what emotion they are experiencing. And children, when they feel pain like this, only know that that they need to get rid of this pain as quickly as possible. So they instinctively think things like, you know, since it's my fault that she's sad, I can fix it. I can make her happy. So they start trying new things to say or do whatever it will be that make their parents happy or make them calm down from maybe a rageful moment or whatever it is. Because when a child's parent is having a big emotion, the child's brain kicks into survival mode. They aren't sure what's going to happen. And all they know is that they need to feel safe right now. And their little bodies fill with fear and anxiety. And the one glimmer of hope is that sense of control they might have if they just do or say the right thing. And it works because narcissists love it when people do this for them. They take advantage and they soak it all up. They feel more in control of their world and all is right and everyone is happy. Both the narcissist and the child, right? And the cycle continues to repeat over and over, inevitably, sometimes for years or even generations. That powerful adaptation is what I call the narc brain. It is the survival mode brain that uses tools like erasing yourself, placating others, saying nice things you don't mean, people pleasing, blaming yourself, blaming others for your emotion. Here's the truth about the narc brain, okay? It is the author of all the anxiety, shame, stress, guilt, fear, frustration, resentment, lack of control, all of that. All of that emotion that we feel on a regular basis, it that is the author, your narc brain. And it does all kinds of things that don't serve us to try to manage all of that heavy emotion, right? Like spending money we don't have, lying and people pleasing others, working longer hours than we want to, not setting boundaries with people or saying no when we don't want to say no, or eating more or watching TV more or other escaping behaviors, right? Just to feel better. Now, if you're an adult... The narcissist is not the author of all of this, at least not anymore. The narc brain inside your skull is. So the narc brain 
is also the author of all of your self-sabotage, all of your lack of trust, uh, your lack of self-trust too. It's the reason why you might think you're a little bit of a narcissist, right? It's the reason why you keep repeating toxic relationships. It's the reason you can't get out of toxic relationships. It's the reason why you feel stuck and powerless out of, excuse me, out of control of your life and, and yourself. Not the narcissist, right? That the narcissist is not the cause of all of the self-sabotage, right? Your narc brain is the filter through which you see life and other people. It is the inner mean girl that tells you nasty things about yourself, that picks apart the image in the mirror, that assumes that everyone hates you, and it will give you lots of reasons why everyone should hate you. <laughs> All of my clients are struggling with this in one way or another. Okay, They want to love themselves, but it's like they can't. And the reason they can't is because narc brain won't let them. And your narc brain won't let you because it fears that if it does let you, the worst will happen. Because your narc brain is your protector. It's trying to keep you safe all the time. And here's the thing. It is not your fault that you learned these survival mechanisms. Your body is beautifully designed to survive at any cost. The narc brain is not some evil entity that evolved, right? It's not your enemy. It's a gift that you gave yourself so that you can make it to the next day and the next day. Because if you were blaming yourself, right? That's what the narc brain does and making everyone feel better, then the threat lessened or went away. The narcissist in your life calmed down. They stopped yelling or they stopped criticizing at least as much, right? You realized that you could make other people in your life like you. You could get good grades and and get praise from teachers or awards. It was your way of claiming some power in your life in a very powerless situation. But the problem is that our beautiful little narc brains are causing more problems than it's trying to solve. Okay, because it sabotages your efforts at reaching your goals and going for what you really want. It keeps you in the habit of erasing who you are so that someone else doesn't have to feel something uncomfortable. You don't know how to love yourself. You don't know how to get out of toxic situations or you even create new ones over and over and over. In fact, um, so speaking of the narc brain, I recently did a full three-day training on this concept. We went in-depth on how it affects every aspect of your life. So if you want to dive in even further, uh, I do have in the link in the show notes, you can sign up to get the emails that will get you the links to the videos, okay? So that's what we did last week. We did the, the full training last week and it was amazing. We had so much fun. All right, so how do we heal with the narc, or sorry, how do we heal the narc brain? Well, here's the truth. You already know how to heal it if you've been listening to all the episodes on this podcast. The steps are already there. They're also in day three of the training videos if you want to take a look at that, right? You learn how to take responsibility for yourself. You learn how to set boundaries. You practice unconditional love. You learn how to manage your thoughts and emotions and you build resilience over time through practice. Because applying this work over time 
those those steps I just mentioned is how you heal the narc brain. It's how I've done it, and it's how all my clients are doing it. It's about it's about learning how to watch your own brain and see it in action, trying to sabotage you in order to keep you safe. All that the narc brain does is on autopilot. So a lot of the foundational work we do is to get you to awareness of specific thoughts in your mind. What thought passes your mind when you hear someone being critical of you? It's that thought that we need to work on, not changing who you are to stop someone from criticizing you. It's learning how to recognize the emotion in your body, learning how to come back into your own body to experience exactly what what guilt feels like, for example, right? Because when we feel uncomfortable emotion, the default mechanism is to make it go away as fast as possible. So what we do instead is we start practicing pausing for a minute to actually feel what's going on. And once your brain has a chance to experience that negative emotion intentionally a few times, it starts to realize, hey, this pain is way more survivable than I thought. We don't have to go make it go away at any cost. You begin to see that you can feel the guilt, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. It's just guilt. It's just sensation in your body. And it passes on its own without you having to make it go away. So let's break it down in a very specific way so you can see the difference between how narc brain operates and what it looks like when you apply the tools. So let's say that you have a really toxic family dynamic and you decide once and for all to go no contact with them. As a side note, Going no contact is actually, I mean, it's a great solution to managing your boundaries with people who are intentionally or unintentionally trying to hurt you. But it doesn't mean that it's the only solution or that you should always go no contact with people. Okay, this is just a decision that you can make. It's neither right nor wrong. It's just a decision. And what matters is not that you go no contact. What matters is why you go no contact. Creating space from the narcissist is a really great tool that can help with healing, but it does not of itself create the healing. You still have to do the work to heal yourself, regardless of whether or not you go no contact, okay? All right, so back to the situation. You go no contact, meaning you block all family members entirely, no group chats, no text messages, no vacations, no calls, no holiday dinners, no grandparents seeing the grandkids, no cousins, nothing. Complete and total separation from all family members or uh, specific family members. All right, so this is how the narc brain typically manages this decision. I want to go no contact because it's their fault that I'm in so much pain. They are hurting me and they refuse to see it, so I have no choice but to go no contact. Some time passes. Then the guilt rolls in. Oh, how can I do this to them? I'm breaking up my family. Why can't I just deal with it? They're not that bad. It's not right to take their grandkids away from them. Is this what a good daughter or son would do to their parents? They're all talking bad about me, telling everyone I'm crazy or rebellious or I'm causing all the family drama. So narcissists in this situation will typically escalate to set their own boundaries, quote, 
boundaries, which in this scenario is not boundaries, it's punishments. Remember, a boundary is is a decision that you make about what you will and will not tolerate. And it's what you will do for yourself if the boundary is crossed with the intention of showing love to yourself and to the other person. Boundaries are about love. Now, a punishment is when someone does something to you when you don't do what they want with the intention to make you feel a lot of pain so that you change your behavior, okay? And escalation could look like them continuing to send you unwanted messages from random phone numbers. Maybe they call you from someone else's number or they try to get messages to you through other people. Maybe they'll throw away something that's yours, that you value, that they happen to have without your knowledge and you find out about later, right? Maybe they talk bad about you to everyone. They even start calling your place of work or even your in-laws. They can do all, all sorts of stuff. Now, the narc brain will respond to all of this with high anxiety, lots of guilt and shame. It will start to offer up thoughts like, maybe this is my fault. Maybe I caused this. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Because it will be in major survival mode and it will kick into typical escape behaviors like eating or spending money you don't have or sleeping or avoiding in general. And then it will start to offer up solutions to what it thinks is the problem, which is it being your fault that you're causing all this family drama, right? You know, maybe I'll just let them come over once. Maybe I'll just break contact. It'll be fine. It's the noble thing to do. It's not a problem. Okay, so you, because of these thoughts, decide, all right, we're just going to break no contact. It'll be fine. Time goes by. And the toxic family dynamic continues. The pain starts to get back into your life and you are back at the beginning thinking, oh my gosh, I have to go no contact. I don't have a choice, right? And it becomes this cycle that you will repeat and you'll feel frustrated and out of control and like you're going crazy, okay? That's how the narc brain manages going no contact. Now, let's look at the exact same situation, but this time with a managed or healed narc brain. All right, so you decide to go no contact for the following reasons. I know they aren't actually causing my pain and I don't blame them for what I feel. However, because I'm still learning to manage my thoughts and emotions around them right now, I'm going to create some space that will allow me to spend some time working on myself. I love them for exactly who they are. I know that they probably won't change. And that's okay because getting them to change is not my job. My job is to manage me. And this is how I'm managing me for now. How do I feel about going no contact? Am I going to miss them? Yeah, probably. That's normal to miss family members, regardless of who they are, because they're family. I'm willing to deal with that as I'm learning to heal myself. I'm starting to feel a little guilty right now because I'm afraid that my choice to not allow my children to see them will cause them grief. All right, side note here. Notice that a healed narc brain, quote unquote healed, will still offer thoughts like this because you're a human being, okay? Just because you have a healed narc brain doesn't mean that you never have guilt anymore. You never have thoughts that come up like this. All right, back to the narrative here. It might be true that my choice directly affects their access to my children. That's true. I admit that. 
but I'm learning not to blame myself anymore. They might feel loss, grief, jealousy, frustration, anger, or hurt over my decision. I can empathize. However, I'm not responsible for managing the emotion that they feel. I know that I cannot cause them to feel emotion. They're feeling emotion because they are having thoughts about my decision that I can't control. And they could easily choose different thoughts if they wanted to. They could decide to be respectful and patient. Again, it's not my job to make them change their thoughts so that they feel better. It's my job to allow them to be who they are while managing myself. I notice that my mind is occasionally offering up thoughts that are creating some anxiety, fear, or guilt. I understand this is normal, and I'm grateful that this part of my mind is trying to keep me safe. However, I, I love my reasons for going no contact right now, and I trust myself that this is what is best for me. Maybe in a few months, I'll reassess to see where I'm at emotionally. All right, so a few months pass, okay? All right, a few months have passed. I've worked through a lot of my emotional pain. I've processed my anger, my hurt, my frustration, and my grief. And I no longer feel resentment, nor do I actively blame anyone for what I feel. I've practiced over and over managing myself and learning how to create some habits of unconditional self-love. So it's been some time, so maybe I can try inviting a family member back into my life and see how I'm able to respond and see how I'm able to manage myself around them. Or I can also choose to continue to be no contact. Neither option is right or wrong. It's just a, it's a decision that I get to make. And I trust myself to make the, the decision that will serve me the best. And if it doesn't work out like I want, I'm free to make a different decision and I will not blame myself and I will not beat myself up for making that decision. I know how to handle this and I know how to figure it out. All right, so are you able to see the difference here? <laughs> Notice that the choice of going no contact is the same, but the approach is different. The reasons are different. Notice how we're using all of the tools the five steps, right? You're taking responsibility for yourself. You're not blaming anyone anymore. You're actively using all of these tools of self-trust, mind management, self-responsibility, setting boundaries with love, loving yourself no matter what. And notice the feeling, the feeling of, uh, of approaching the no contact in this way. It's a peaceful feeling. You're open, you're patient, you're allowing, and you're confident. This is because we are building the highest version of yourself. We're going to get to build you 2.0, the one that is done surviving and is ready to start thriving and, and being your best. You 1.0 got you through. Narc Brain got you through. But now we're going to go to 2.0 because it's time to be done surviving and time to start thriving, right? I want to emphasize here something really important. Right now you have an amazing choice that you can make as you're becoming aware of your narc brain. This part of you is really beautiful and it really is a gift. It's not your enemy. And if you decide to love your narc brain right now, as you're starting to see it, instead of trying to get rid of it right away or change it, 
that alone will start the healing process because NARP brain is really subconscious brain wired in a specific way. And there's no getting rid of subconscious brain. We can retrain it. We can learn to manage it. But even at its, quote, best, you will sometimes get triggered here and there. It's normal. You'll sometimes have old thoughts pop up. And it's not a problem. Notice them. Love them. Thank them. And decide to use the new tools at your disposal. Your narc brain sometimes just needs a little love. And sometimes I put my hand over my heart and I just say thank you to myself. I say, I love me and I forgive me. And over time, just saying that has helped my narc brain calm down and give space for my highest self to get back into the driver's seat. Be gentle and patient with yourself. Your narc brain is going to want to hate itself better, right? But you can gently remind yourself that love is your new tool. And you can choose to love this part of yourself as it is right now without rushing to force to change it yet. I mean, obviously the work that we do is about changing your narc brain. But if you go into it with this sense of of forcing it to change as fast as possible, that's narc brain running. (laughs) So your first job is to take a step back, notice this beautiful part of yourself, give it some love because, because that's what narc brain is. Narc brain is the representation of the lack of unconditional love that you've experienced, right? And so the first step is to love what is as it is uh, before we start to change it, okay? Your narc brain is not your enemy, it's your friend. Just, it just has some limited tools. And now you have new ones. So let's use those instead and we can solve and prevent the problems unintentionally caused by narc brain. And our first, our first job is to love the narc brain and then we can start changing it, okay? All right, so my friends, are you the narcissist? No, you're not. <laughs> but you do have narc brain and that is the work we're going to do. So let's get to work. I am with you every step of the way. You've got this. All right? I'll see you next time. Have a great day. Bye. Hey there. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, working one-on-one with me just might be what you're looking for. I invite you to book a consultation. It's a free one-hour conversation focused entirely on your situation that will change your life. Email me directly at laura at bythewaycoaching.com to get started. Can't wait to see you soon.